0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to Swimming and Singing. I'm Sarah Nelson. I'm a certified yoga therapist and yoga teacher, and I specialize in working online with people who think they are too tired, too busy, too anxious or in too much pain to do yoga. I use the traditional tools of yoga, along with modern technology to help you create a more easeful and joyful life. If that sparks your interest, head on over to my website and grab the free guide to creating a yoga habit for exhausted perfectionists that I created just for you. The name of my podcast comes from a beloved poem written by Gregory Orr and is a reminder that some days it's all we can do to tread water and then other days there is room for joy. This podcast aims to share practices for both types of days. Today, I'm excited to welcome Kristen Genzano to the podcast. Kristen and I chat about mindful self-compassion, why it's so important, and why it can be difficult to practice. Kristen runs a small group psychotherapy practice based in Portland, Oregon, Where she is dedicated to holding a compassionate and non-judgmental place for women to talk through the unique challenges they face in their lives. This podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on the podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody but I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more ease and joy into your life. Let's get to it. Hello Kristen and welcome to Swimming and Singing.
1: Hi Sarah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here chatting with you.
0: Thanks, I'm so excited to have you. Um, In preparation for our our chat today, I looked up the definition of compassion. And this is the the first result that I found on Google, so I didn't dig that deep. Um, Compassion, sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. And so two things stood out to me about this definition. Um, first I was kind of, I have my own negative association with the word pity. So I was kind of surprised to see that in there. And then my second thought was, oh, so this is just relating to others and not towards ourselves. Like it's something you're feeling for other people. And so I just thought maybe you could start with your thoughts on this definition of compassion and anything you might add or take away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, great question. Um I don't like that definition. <laughs> I'm like, let's throw that one out. Why is that one the first result? Oh no. Um I'm if I really dug into it, I'm sure there are pieces of it that I could find that 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 resonate or that I kind of um agree with. But um from my perspective and kind of in the mindful self-compassion tradition, um at least the way I was taught, we think of compassion as to suffer with
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so the idea is that when we see suffering compassion is the sort of the the behavior the act of moving towards that suffering and suffering with the person or the being who is in pain or whether that be emotional physical or or otherwise so that's how i would define compassion mm-hmm. and I think, in terms of the self compassion piece, it's the same idea. It's suffering with, but it's suffering with yourself. So it's bringing that presence and that um, kindness and understanding that you would bring to someone else that you see suffering Mm -hmm. to yourself. And it's actually not just a presence, there's actual um, behavior that comes with the idea of compassion. It's action, it's not just. sort of empathy, which is, you know, kind of being with the pain. It's actually the, the motivation to act because of that suffering.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good, um, distinction because that's kind of, as you say that, it makes me think that's kind of what I think of as pity is like a hands-off approach. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there's some distance. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: That reminds me too of a, an illustrated Brene Brown talk where someone like climbs down into the hole and is into with the someone. well
1: or something. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Um, I will look for that. I will add that to the show notes because it's, I think, an interesting thing to watch. So it sounds like maybe having self compassion isn't that different than having compassion for others. Sounds like a similar. Yeah. Um, Why do you think, especially it's important to be mindful, to mindfully practice self-compassion? Yeah.
1: So there's actually a lot of research that shows that um, most of us are really practiced and adept at expressing and living compassion for others. Um, you might have just heard my my dog give her her little shake. She likes to be with me whenever I'm working. So if you hear some rumblings in the background, that that's her. Um, yeah, um, one of the benefits of of getting to kind of do remote work sometimes, right? Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um but what I was saying is that research shows that we're we are, most of us are much more, practiced and skilled at um, being compassionate for other people. And that when it Mm -hmm. comes to being compassionate with or for ourselves, there are all kinds of internal barriers. And most of it comes from um, a self-critical voice that most of us have inside that for a lot of us was developed out of necessity and it's a protective kind of voice. Um, but what happens is that that we use that voice when we are feeling um, our own suffering. We often criticize ourselves mm-hmm. for that. We often um, expect ourselves to be able to sort of grin and bear it or, or do more. Whereas if we had a friend who was going through a similar type of thing, we would just access this compassion with ease. So the reason there's this mindfulness piece, this, this intention to be mindfully self-compassion, excuse me, self-compassionate is because it's not automatic for most of us. And so that mindfulness invites us to bring awareness to when we're experiencing our own suffering and then think, huh, if I had a dear friend or a a sibling or a child who was going through this, how would I how would I respond to them? And then can I do that with myself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um I do, I, I do also have that self-critical voice. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> and, uh, to the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um what um can you talk can can you talk a little bit of about the benefits of self-compassion? So I could imagine someone thinking, oh, there's an ant in my tea. Excuse me. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I could could imagine someone thinking, you know, perhaps that that self-critical voice is a good motivator and like keeps us going. And um, I don't know, I guess I'm wondering, are there like, is there science behind the importance of that uh, self-compassion? Absolutely. So
1: there is, um, so Kristen Neff, Dr. Kristen Neff and Dr. Mm -hmm. Chris Germer are the um, co-founders of at least the Mindful Self-Compassion Program. And so this is a course you can go through. And um, these two in particular, Dr. Kristen Neff has done a ton of research around the benefits of self-compassion. And um, I would recommend anybody who wants to kind of dig into that piece to go to her website. And I mean, there's papers after papers that you can read. But the piece that I think, um, one of the pieces that I think is really um, kind of important about the benefits of self-compassion is that there's um, evidence that we have greater emotional resilience when we practice self-compassion. Um, we are able to respond to difficult situations with greater I don't want to use the word success, but mm-hmm. that's the one that's coming to mind. So I'll say that maybe greater aptitude um, when we practice self-compassion, because there's a misconception that that self-critical voice will motivate us. But the data shows us that mm-hmm. self-compassion actually more effectively motivates us to do the things that we're trying to do, that when we can re- respond to ourselves with that tenderness mm-hmm. rather than that force we we kind of reach the outcome more readily and more effectively
0: nice so yeah, yeah. I kind
1: of there's like a when i teach mindful self-compassion classes i'll talk a lot about like if you think about a a coat like a like if you ever played sports as a kid and you had a coach who was like you took that shot that was awful like why are you even trying what's the point here or you have a coach who's like, that was a great effort. It didn't go in, but try again next time. And which way do you really kind of like feel motivated to continue to
0: try and move forward? Yeah.
1: It's like so clearly for me, at least the the compassionate
0: understanding right. coach, right? It's like a Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso. Yes, it yeah. is a Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. The other thing it made me think of was... Um, dog training puppy training so my guy is nine now but you know there's those two schools of dog training too of like are you going to be really the strict pack leader or the way I went which was just like give him treats before he starts barking and distract him so he doesn't start so you don't that's not an issue mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely my guys Our dogs don't. are
0: easy to be compassionate with though, right?
1: They're just like, right? <laughs> yes. yeah, it's
0: good practice. Yeah. Oh, um, do you see a link between per- perfectionism and having self-compassion? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well,
1: yeah, here, here's what I would tell your friend. Um, (laughs) yes, there is absolutely a link between self-compassion and perfectionism. Um, oftentimes people will talk about self-compassion as the, the, the medicine or the antidote for perfectionism. Mm Um, also the antidote or perfect or the antidote or medicine for shame. Self-compassion is sort of considered a way to. Um, yeah, just soothe those parts of ourselves. Um, so in regards to perfectionism, let's see, how can I put this in the most succinct way? Um, self-compassion gives us the ability to be with our natural human messy parts And when we're in the state of seeking perfectionism, we're almost like expecting that we can be superhuman, right? Because perfectionism is not a human, like being perfect is not a human quality. It's just, you're not human if you're perfect. So when we inevitably fail or make a mistake or are human, self-compassion gives us that like strength, courage, and resilience to hold those parts of ourselves that are disappointed or messy or something, you know, parts we might be considering
0: failures. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So keeping in mind that many of my listeners may, may also be perfectionists, um, but also (laughs) struggling with anxiety, chronic pain or chronic illness. Do you have a couple simple ways they could mindfully start practicing self compassion, um, and maybe also advice on um, self compassion, self compassion with the practice? <laughs> like, yeah, I get it in my head like you've yes. got to do it this way and this many times, and otherwise yes. I failed at it.
1: Totally. Such a good question. And you're like, you're like an advanced self-compassion student right now because you're
0: asking that question.
1: It's amazing. I love it. Um, Okay. Yeah. Some, some thoughts on how to kind of start mindfully practicing self-compassion. When we teach the course, the first thing we talk about, one of the first things we talk about is that mindful element, right? Like we can't, it's not possible to respond to ourselves with compassion if we're not aware that there's suffering happening. Hmm. So the first piece I would say is to see if you can just start to notice, bring awareness to the internal suffering that might be happening. That could be physical emotional psychological any of them but just bringing some awareness ah there's suffering here i see i'm suffering that's the very first step right and then the next piece i think i would say for somebody who's new to to self-compassion practice would be that question of like how would i respond to a friend who was feeling this way mm-hmm. because again, like going back to the, what the research says is, you know, we're not, this is not second nature for most of us in terms of offering it to ourselves. So we sort of get to use these wonderful compassionate skills that we have towards others and just start to orient them towards ourselves. So those are probably the first two things that I, I would suggest. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. it's just wanting to check in with myself to see if there's anything else I would add to that before I answer your second the second part of your question mm-hmm. um, I think maybe the other piece I would add is seeing so, Part of self-compassion practice is also noticing what brings us pleasure, what brings us joy, and mm-hmm. w- what sort of enhances our life. And so, I would say, if if the like noticing your suffering and and thinking about how you would treat a friend, and then trying to do that for yourself, like if that just feels so unattainable, I would maybe start with just noticing what feels good to me? And then if you notice that you're struggling with something, see if you can bring in one of those practices that, you know, feels good to you. That in itself is an act of self-compassion.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it could be something like, Oh, knitting makes me feel good or that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It could be knitting. It could be a cup of tea. It could be five minutes in, the snow yeah. you know it a could be sunshine a walk yeah. right yeah. but then noticing when you're feeling discontent and bringing one of those practices into that moment
0: i love that thank you yeah
1: yeah yeah and then for the second part of your yeah. question um and then because, when i fail at it <laughs> right <laughs> because inevitably <laughs> because we're not perfect we are human we will fail yeah. um so this is kind of i get a little giddy about this because this is kind of my favorite part of self-compassion work which is um when you inevitably fail that is the (laughs) pinnacle moment to practice (laughs) self-compassion right so to say ah here i am (laughs) here i am this human who's striving to do this thing who's coming up against adversity and here's that critical voice that wants to come in and how can, what, what would, what would help me feel understanding towards myself right now? Kindness towards myself. Yeah. So the, it's the absolute best moment to, to try yeah. to <laughs>
0: practice. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. <gasps> So, so yeah, what you're saying, it is just a practice, and we can do it over and over again, and we're probably never going to get perfect at it. Absolutely, we'll never get perfect at it. <laughs> I mean, probably never. get perfect. Yes, yeah, definitely. Sarah, we might need to practice self-compassion right now. <laughs> uh, I'm teasing you. It's great. Yeah, thank you. I feel like... Um, I just I guess I feel like we see I'm I'm thinking of people like the Dalai Lama and Thich Not Han, like people who seem so so perfect at practicing these things that um that they become these kind of unattainable role models. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and the thing is, in my mind at least, I I would I mean venture to guess. That if you had a chance to, to talk with one of those incredible enlightened beings, <laughs> that they would say they also practice self-compassion, yeah. which means <laughs> they also experience suffering and experience failure and that the, yeah. that the, the tool they use is self-compassion. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. just a guess though i haven't i'm
0: <laughs> not speaking well, for them <laughs> honestly I know you both have talked either spoken or written about about that so if any listeners have any insight on that send that my way um so lastly can you talk a bit about the portland center for self-compassion um what you do there it sounds like maybe you run classes through there um, if there's online options, um, any, yeah. anything, anything about that center?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I'm a psychotherapist by training, and I have a, a small group practice in Portland, Oregon, um, or based out of Portland, Oregon, I should say. And and then, in addition, I, a colleague and I, started the Portland Center for Self Compassion, and uh, she and I are both trained mindful self-compassion teachers. And we just saw, um, an opportunity, a need, I I suppose, for, um, a place dedicated to the, the, I don't want to say advancement of self-compassion, but maybe it's like the spreading awareness of self-compassion and, um, yeah, a place where people can go to find out about classes and resources, and um, just anything that might help people along their self-compassion journey. So, um, we we my co-founder Kim Levon and I uh, used to co-teach in person, so we would we would offer mindful self-compassion courses in person, um, and then the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. and so we did shift to online offerings, and we've done a few of those over the last couple of years. Um, We, the Portland Center for Self-Compassion is also um, growing the part of the organization that focuses on um, group and organizational self-compassion practices. So kind of thinking about like teaching organizations about emotional resilience and how self-compassion can actually have significant benefit in the workplace. Mm-hmm. um so that's something that we do we tailor our um, courses to groups and organizations that are interested in learning about it um, and by it i mean self-compassion and emotional <laughs> resilience yeah mm-hmm. um, and then we offer individual sort of one-on-one self-compassion coaching as well so we have a number of offerings we send out a newsletter i would say probably once a quarter um, and at times we've had, um, graduates of our courses come back together and do like small circles of practice. So we do also intend to build community around self-compassion. Yeah. So yeah, a handful of things that we're doing over there. It's, it's a lot of fun and, um, really fulfilling work. And I feel really honored to, to hold that space.
0: Yeah, cool. I love that. I will, um, I will link to that in the show notes as well. It doesn't sound like you ha- a person has to be Portland based, to participate is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah, most of our offerings are still online. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um thank you so much if you have any final shot final thoughts you can share them otherwise it's just been so great to chat with you. Mm,
1: yeah. No, my final thoughts are just thank you, Sarah. I really really appreciate the invitation mm. to be here with you and the opportunity to talk about self-compassion. I could probably spend the next two hours talking about it (laughs) so if anybody has questions or you know feel free to hopefully you have some contact information of mine sarah so feel free to reach out directly to me and i'm i'm happy to to connect that way as well
0: awesome thanks so much Kristen. Mm, you're welcome friends thank you so much for listening to swimming and singing Links and contact information for me and my guests can be found in the show notes and on my website, where you'll also find a free guide to creating a yoga habit for exhausted perfectionists when you sign up for my newsletter. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast. And if you have thoughts or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time keep swimming, and keep singing.